Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Aligned and Embodied podcast. I'm Tasha. And I'm Alicia. We are here to create a space of softness, flow, connection with self, and to empower you to return to your soul's essence. It was through our morning walks in the woods and our fascination and love for human design that this podcast came to be. We will combine our wisdom of mindfulness, self-regulation, spirituality, and human design to offer you inspiration and the ability to see and accept yourself exactly as you are. We are so grateful that you are here with us. Now let's get aligned and embodied. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Aligned and Embodied podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that is kind of new to Alicia and I, but also really exciting. And the moment that we discovered it, it was instant resonance. So if you recall on the last episode, we talked a bit about how both of us were just not really resonating with the whole um, new year resolution setting and new year, new me kind of stuff. And it's all making so much more sense as we dove into research for this podcast episode and just like this new understanding of the gates in human design and how the sun transits around the earth and moves through each of these gates and how those gates then affect us individually and collectively. So... Um, I guess we will begin by explaining what a gate is, um, because we really haven't talked much about what that is. Uh, so it is worthwhile to give you some information about what gates are and um, the relation to human design. Oh, I love the gates. They're almost like a little personal like doorway just into your energy centers and it's just where things get really personal and where those aha moments come. And I feel like I keep reflecting back to them all the time. I actually have an explanation (laughs) of the gates that I'm just going to read Okay, that I pulled from the sacred energy manuals that I created. Um, So probably this information came from Karen Curry Parker at one point, and then I put it into my own words. Um, So there are 64 gates in the human design system. Gates represent specific energetic themes that give you further insight into your personality, what drives you, your life purpose, the themes in your relationships, what fulfills your creativity, and how your intuition works and how you connect to source. The position of the planets at the exact moment of your birth determines which gates are defined in your chart. So this kind of pulls in the astrology aspect of human design. Defined gates are energies that you experience consistently and open gates will be experienced in multiple ways, depending on who you're with, where you are and the planetary transits. And that's really what we're going to focus on in this episode today is 
how the sun transiting through the 64 gates, how that affects us um, and our specific energy um, through the lens of human design. Yeah. And just like all energies in the chart, there's a higher expression and a lower expression of each gate. So as you go through the gates in your chart, you can start asking yourself like how um, the energy you're experiencing may be influencing like decisions in your life. And just remember that we are all designed to be like joyful and connected and creative and abundant and powerful. We're all these unique, powerful beings. And when we're able to live out our highest expression and um, in the energies in our chart by following our strategy and authority, um, you know, that's where we can really step back and see how the magic unfolds. And so the key, like the key to like living the highest possibility of your life is really becoming self-aware of how these gates and these energies like make you feel Um, and human design is this beautiful framework that gives us like the blueprint and the tools to, um, develop that deep self-awareness, um, and just helps us live our most magical life. Beautiful. Well said, Alicia. Ah, thank you for sharing that too. No problem. Love the The gates are great. And when I've been doing like introductory readings, we start out with like energy type, strategy, authority, um, profile, incarnation cross. Gates are what makes each person's, um, what, what makes you like super, super unique. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, talking about me being a projector or you being a generator, it's, it's really cool and super fun when you first learn out like your energy type, because it gives you this, like this lens and this view of yourself in a way that like, maybe you weren't aware of before, or you feel really seen by discovering your energy type because it just resonates so much with you. Or you realize that like, you've been operating in a way that is not in alignment with your energy type, but you've always kind of felt more like you needed a lot of rest, like a projector, but you were trying to keep up with all the generators and like use all of this energy that I'm speaking from experience here. (laughs) Um, But one thing that I like to remind people to kind of keep in mind, and especially with like social media and like Instagram and stuff, like there's some amazing human design um, readers and guides out there that are sharing great resources about human design. And I think it's important to keep in mind that you can get really caught up in the, um, in the trap of like being put in a box by like, Oh, generators, projectors, manifestors, manifesting generators and reflectors. It's similar in the sense of like astrology. I'm a Leo. Alicia's a cancer. When I read things about Leo, sometimes it, it really resonates like that's So interesting to me. And I'm sure Alicia could say the same about cancer, 
but we are so much more than like our sun sign being Leo and cancer. We have a moon sign. We have a rising sign. We have planets that are in different houses and signs. So you can look at human design in that same way that it's like, it's really cool to understand your energy type. But when you really start diving into like a deeper layer of your chart and understanding gates and channels and circuitry and variables, like it, it really just gives you a bigger picture of like some really specific unique characteristics about yourself and all of those things come from um what gate was mars in when you were born and jupiter and saturn and the moon and the nodes those are what make up your gates and in your human design body graph is where all of those planets were when you were born so that's why looking at the full picture is really a cool thing to do and just gives you like a deeper understanding of yourself because it goes so much beyond just your type. Yeah. They're kind of like this little door into your life plan. And for me, they just kind of like when I'm struggling in a certain area, you know, I refer back to them and it's almost like I'm struggling in an area and perhaps I'm developing a negative thought pattern from what I'm going through But when I look at the gates, it's almost like this, like you said, it's like, oh, I feel seen, I feel heard. And it's, Mm -hmm. they're like this aha moment. And you're like, okay, this makes sense why I'm thinking the way I'm thinking or why I'm making decisions this way, because they're just my little like unique personalities. And it is, it's just like coming home. Like this is what Mm -hmm. human design is. It's like coming home and also keep in mind that human design is like this one big experiment. And that's what life really is. It's one giant Mm -hmm. experiment. So, and I think we're always looking for and seeking for deeper meaning to life and how we relate to others and what our unique purpose is here in in this lifetime and the gates really do give us this little you know window doorway into just the little puzzle pieces that make up what your life is yes yeah and be patient when you're learning about your gates like and as we move into um the rave new year on the 22nd like that's all about putting it like writing down new ideas and reflecting and um, it's important to be patient when you're learning something new and I know right now I've said many times like I'd really love to just go away for a month and just learn everything I can about human design but we know you know that's great but the same thing comes with practicing acts of self-care as well Um, we just take little moments through your day and this is what this podcast is right now, is um, we're learning in public. We are doing the research and applying this to our lives in real time. And for us, before we got on here, we were talking about feelings of imposter syndrome. And we have to remember that all ideas that we know are borrowed and interpreted in our, with our own bias and understanding of what we've been through in life and where we are currently. And when we're learning something new and we're 
we want to bring new things into our life, um, it takes time and it's important unless you're a manifester, they can kind of skip steps, but (laughs) for most of the other energy beings, it's important just to be patient, um, with yourself in your journey and just trust that the things will come to you at the right time. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Alicia briefly touched on the fact that, um, in human design, the, uh, 22nd of January is considered the rave new year or the human design new year. And this is when the, um, the sun moves into gate 41. So I'm going to read a little paragraph from a blog post written by Stephanie Orion that describes really well kind of the whole um, concept of our, our last episode where we were talking about how we really weren't resonating with like making New Year's resolutions on December 31st. So she says that December 31st is New Year's Eve on the Georgian calendar that leads us to the new calendar year on January 1st. The Georgian calendar is a calendar that is mainly used in the business world. The rave new year takes us back into the natural rhythm of the sun, the one planet besides the earth itself that has the deepest impact on our human experience. On a side note, the lunar year has 13 moons or months, especially the female body and reflectors for that matter, know that the calendar most of us follow is not necessarily in tune with the internal rhythm of our bodies. Our bodies are mostly composed out of water and therefore follow the dance of the moon around the earth, which is about 28 and a half days for one moon cycle. And when I read this, I was just like, yes, Alicia and I both feel really connected to the moon, very much following the lunar cycles, the connection between the lunar cycle and our menstrual cycle. And so learning about how the solar transit is all about, um, or the rave new year starts with like the solar transit in gate 41 and how we then follow the sun moving through all of these gates throughout the year. I was just like, this is so interesting because being women and women who are deeply connected to the moon, I've like, Alicia and I chatted about this before we started recording this podcast. We've always like loved the sun. We have this deep appreciation for like vitamin D and sunshine on your cheeks, like that feeling of like warmth and coziness, um, how the sun like nurtures us and it nurtures the earth and helps things to grow and can like just bring some light in after some gloomy days. Like the sun is this, you know, amazing planet and part of our solar system that we have this deep respect for, but I've never really thought about like following the sun throughout the year, the same way that I have resonated with following the moon throughout a month. So I think we're both like really excited to kind of experiment with like moving through the gates and following the sun throughout the year, but also like still being deeply connected with the moon. And my thoughts are that, you know, it'll be interesting, the type of balance that we can create in our lives when balancing these two celestial bodies um, and how they like really affect us in our day to day. So I'm really excited to 
experiment with that. Yeah. And it also reflects back to like that yin yang and Mm. the balancing of like the masculine and feminine energies and like the sun is, you know, connected to a more masculine energy and the moon is more feminine. And so I'm really looking forward to experimenting, um, especially with Karen Curry Parker's new book. What is the name of it again? it wrote down here in our notes um anyway she just really has a beautiful way of like breaking down how um how how the sun moves through like the um the mandela gates and the human design yeah no that's right yeah you know what i was thinking i'm looking at tasha because we're on zoom and i'm you know this is new to me and i'm I'm learning yes. a lot from Tasha. I'm trying to wrap my head around, um, especially the astrology aspects, something I've always loved and fascinated, but for it's a cognitive stressor for me to learn. So I need people to break things down. And I really think this is what human design has done is it just has this really unique way of, you know, incorporating astrology, obviously, but also bringing it down for me <laughs> in a way I can mm-hmm. understand So I'm really looking forward to incorporating like the sun energy into my day-to-day life. And it moves through the astrological sun. It moves through, um, it stays in a gate for roughly six days. So like, okay, right now we're in gate 60. We'll be in gate 60 until we move into gate 41 on January 22nd. And we moved into gate 60, like, uh, I believe on Sunday on the 16th of January. So when the sun transits into a gate, it stays in that gate for about six days. And now Mm -hmm. this is going to go a little out there and something that I, you know, really haven't dove into yet, but has been brought into my awareness in human design, there are six different lines and, um, beside your gates. So when you look up your human design body graph, you may see, see your earth sign in gate 31.3. So that, that point three means that it's like a line three. So then when the sun is transiting through these gates and stays in a gate for about six days, that gate then moves through six different lines, line one, line two, line three, Mm. line four, line five, line six. So um, Ra Aruhu wrote this massive book that I have not even purchased yet, but plan to someday that goes even deeper and explains like the expression of that gate through all six lines. So like my understanding is that the gate has that same kind of energy um, or theme. I think it's the same theme for those six days, but like those different lines pull in different kind of energies or aspects of the theme. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, there's another really great, um, quote, I guess you could say that I discovered from Evelyn Levinson. Um, She has a website called human design for success. So this maybe explains it even a little bit better in her words. She says that each year the sun moves counterclockwise around the gates of the mandala, like the sun moves through the astrological signs, spending approximately six days in each gate. 
As the sun or any other celestial body moves through a gate, it activates the energy of that gate. This means that the energy is released to flow to us. The sun is considered the most dominant and important transit to be aware of. Uh, the transits do not change your chart. The energetic structure of your chart remains the same throughout your life, but the transits affect us and can temporarily give us the flavor of experiencing that energy directly. Knowing about them can also help you to leverage those energies when they are available. So that I feel like explained it really well in the sense that like we move through these gates they don't change our chart. So like my interpretation is that if you have a, a gate defined, so when you're looking at your body graph, if beside a number that is in an energy center, it is like has a circle that's colored in around it and then a line coming from it, whether that line is red or black and the red comes from your unconscious side, which is based on your soul's birth date, 88 days prior to when you were born and the black is your conscious side that comes from your actual birth date so that is what the red and the black means and then if you see a gate or a channel is when two gates connect if you see a gate or channel that is candy cane stripes so black and red that means that it comes in on a soul and design level or conscious and unconscious so coming in extra strong for you so when you have a gate defined in your body graph, that means that when the sun, this is my interpretation, I'm not 100% certain of this, but I've been trying so hard to wrap my head around how this works. So this is, this is my guess. And this year is going to be an experiment to see if like my interpretation is how I have experienced it. So when the gate is defined in your body graph and the sun is transiting through that gate, then you may feel that energy a little bit more intensely or feel more at home in your body and in that specific energy of that gate because it's defined in your chart where when it is open, so therefore you don't have that gate activated in your chart and the sun's transiting through it, it may give you access to that energy during that period of time. That is my interpretation. We're going to see, we're going to experiment. And the book uh, that yeah, Alicia I, was referring to, sorry, yeah. go no, ahead. No, don't be sorry. I love your interpretation. I, and we've had many conversations about this trying to figure it <laughs> As out. As we tried to figure it out. <laughs> but I keep mentioning to Tasha, she has two gates in her, like that connect her head and Ajna. The, is it 6124? I think so, so yeah. So like Tasha is like the detective, right? <laughs> <laughs> in the sense yeah, I gotta of, figure like, out why I gotta yeah. understand it like yeah. especially I feel like if I'm gonna like talk about it or like teach about it or share something like I have to fully understand and embody it myself yes to then be able to talk about it if you try and talk about something or explain something to someone that you don't really understand yourself it's just not gonna like flow out of you the same and I have an open throat so I think like that aspect may fall into this. It's like, if I don't really fully understand it, how am I going to express it mm -hmm. through that open throat center? So yeah, that's that why it's go important to that. find a really great teacher in your life that is 
practicing what they preach and like, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, being real and authentic. Yeah. No, I love your interpretation. I resonate. I resonate with that as well. And I, I do feel and especially the past couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's been um, a balancing act. It's been a fine dance here in Ontario. Um, and I, we just keep going with the flow. But when I learn about the gates and it's normally like halfway through when I'm like, oh, we're in this gate right now. Um, and then I'm like, oh, okay. And I have this gate um, in my chart and this, really it's about coming home and like this explains exactly why I'm feeling this way why I'm feeling all this like um root pressure right now um especially with just the the politics that are happening in Ontario and Mm -hmm. so it is it is humbling um I do feel like we do feel like some sort of activation from the sun but I think deep down, it's just like the resonation and those aha moments that come with, okay, this really does make sense why I'm feeling this way. And it's so important. This is why it's so important to like to be the observer of our thoughts and, and practice that softness and non-judgment with whatever we're experiencing, because there's so many different universal, you know, universalities I'm not saying that right um at play and the sun and the moon are quite powerful and we just had a full moon um on Monday evening and I actually was in this flow where I was like um feeling a lot of root pressure um and as a generator I tend to just go 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 and not know when to stop And that's when burnout happens. And it was Tasha messaging and being like, happy full moon. Here's a card spread. And I was just like, well, this explains everything from my day that's happened. I was so busy. Um, I must not have been feeling in alignment and acting on this root pressure energy that I was taking in, although I do have a defined root, but it just makes so much sense when we're aware of the gates and where we are, where they are um, as we live through this year. I'm being soft with myself today because I've been up since about 2 a.m. <laughs> I haven't slept. So my thoughts are very scrambled today. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm going to give myself grace. Totally it's and okay. it's just, it's just the way it is. My daughter was up sleepwalking in the night. So after, after hearing this conversation, I'm like, I need to do some investigating and look at her chart and look at like, um, okay, how is the moon affecting her? Mm-hmm. Like, why was she up sleepwalking in the night? Um, yeah, it was, it's just a bizarre night, weird energy right now. And um, I'm looking forward to just researching a bit more about why. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. So um, the book that we have referenced and the book that we are both very anxiously waiting 
to arrive in our mailboxes. <laughs> like I literally am checking Amazon every day being like, okay, just keep saying delivery date pending. So the book is called Quantum Human Design Evolution Guide 2022. Karen Curry Parker, which you've heard us talk about, you will continue to hear us talk about because we absolutely love her interpretation of human design. If this stuff interests you, she would be the source that we would recommend because she's really helped us understand this information in a way that is easy to digest. Um, So yeah, that book is what is going to help us. Like you were saying, Alicia, how you feel like halfway through um, maybe the six days of the sun being in a certain gate, you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? Like I need to find a way to, um, understand the energy that I'm experiencing. I think this book is really going to be amazing because we'll be able to follow along and we'll know, Oh, now we're moving into this gate and that's, you know, the energy that it's going to bring. So it'll help us to just like feel grounded in it and just like experiment with the like flavors that come from all of those gates. So I'm really excited for that book to arrive. And anyone who is intrigued by this conversation, this is not a paid ad, but go to Amazon and order your own copy because you won't regret it. Um, Alicia, would you like to read the Instagram post from Karen Curry Parker that I think will kind of wrap up this bit of the conversation about the 64 gates and how they transit Um, or how they affect us and how the sun transits through them. All right. Yes. Uh, I'm so grateful for social media. I am and I'm not. (laughs) The the one beautiful (laughs) thing about it. We can talk about that. Uh, Yeah. The one beautiful thing about it is there's so many wonderful creators out there in the world who are sharing uh, information and wisdom. And that's been really cool. Um, especially during the past two years. So this um, Instagram post from Karen Curry Parker um, from on, you know, the quantum human design, she says throughout the course of a calendar year, the sun moves through all 64 of the human design gates. The gates contain the energy code for 64 core human archetypes. As the sun moves through the gates, which are also known as archetypes, it lights up or activates that theme for everyone on the planet who doesn't have that gate already defined in their design and creates a theme for the week. All of us deal with these weekly themes, even if it doesn't impact your specific design in a deep way, it'll still be impacting and influencing the people around you. The gift that the transits provide us with is an opportunity to experience and work deliberately with all of the 64 core human archetypes and to consciously focus on living out the highest or optimal expressions of these energies in our day-to-day life. We all have all of the chart, the transits activating gates we don't already have defined in our design. Which, is a la- which allows us to experience all of the archetypes at one point or another throughout the year. That's really cool. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And then she further shares that being around other people will allow us to have a similar experience. So individually, we're all part of a greater whole. We all have a unique purpose. We can become completely defined when we get together with other people. Um, And we each bring pieces and parts that energetically unify us all and offer us the opportunity to express all of our human experience. Thank you, Karen Curry Parker. You Mm -hmm. just have the most profound way of breaking down knowledge and wisdom in ways that resonate with us um, on a human level. with words yeah. that my brain can understand. So, so grateful for her. And one of the biggest takeaways from Karen Curry Parker's post is that each gate gives us a gift to experiment with. Like it, it really is in a, a way that we can apply intention every six days into our lives. And, um, I'm really looking forward to developing more self-awareness, especially in terms of my human design type and really trusting my um, authority during those six days and really trying hard to also respond to ideas, experiences, you know, decisions that may come up um, from an authentic place and listening for those sacral responses of what, I want to do or what I need to bring in or what new ideas I need to reflect on, et cetera. So especially with the rave new year on the 22nd or 21st, 22nd, 22nd, you're right. (laughs) I think of the 21st as being like new year's Eve, 22nd being like new year's day. That's how I've kind of thought of it in my head. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun experiment. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm really looking forward to that and I hope you'll follow along with us as we do this experiment. Yes. Okay. So, um, I read a little snippet of a blog post by Stephanie O'Ryan near the beginning of the podcast. And, um, there's another little piece from that blog post that I felt like was really worth sharing because I, I really love her way of explaining this. So she says the human design perspective on the new year and life in general is quite different. This time of year is a time for internal reflection, reflection processes that, sorry, reflection processes that will come about naturally. New year's resolutions are just one way for the mind to plan out strategies for survival. And what I find really interesting about this is the fact that with human design, the whole idea is that we, we stop operating from our minds. Nobody has their mind as their authority in human design. We are meant to live from our sacrals, our solar plexus, our spleens, our heart, like our G center, our heart. It is not for any person on this planet like a thing to live from your mind. So I loved that she included this. You're definitely, we're definitely not meant to make decisions from our minds. And I think if we're making decisions from our minds, we're letting our ego um, take effect of what, what we're making a decision on. So it's really like the saying, like, listen to your intuition. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. We need to listen to our intuition. Does this feel good? Does this feel right? Um, and mm -hmm. it's, this is where mindfulness is really important as well as taking that time to tune in, um, bringing awareness to what's happening and feeling it within your body and practicing compassion and non-judgment. So, yeah. Okay. So she says in human design, we look at life differently. Life provides what we need when we are living out of our true nature. Our life is meant to be purposeful and we can gain wisdom by noticing what we perceive through our openness in whatever life experiences we are presented with. That is a big contrast to trying to come up with plans and goals and solutions and trying to put them into action. Human design leads away from all mental agendas that are based on the fear of not being able to survive. Oh, I love her interpretation of that and how we can look at human design um, or at the new year from a human design perspective that is so very different than how we tend to look at it, um, you know, following the Georgian calendar. So I wrote a blog post yesterday, um, just all about like a new perspective on the new year. And I'm going to read a paragraph from it um, because I did quite a bit of research yesterday just to be able to like put this into um, context. Uh, and I think that it will give you a little bit of insight into why a lot of people on December 31st set these goals and get themselves all hyped up to, you know, like change and be different and be a better version of themselves. Like come January 1st or all of these things that they want to work on and how the actual like gates that we are transiting through from December 31st into the new calendar year are actually not supportive of that and why Alicia and I have resonated so much with the, the rave new year and um, these solar transits and how they are just like resonating with us on such a deeper level. So I write, on December 31st, the sun is in gate 38, the gate of struggle. The energy of the 38th gate asks us to contemplate whether we have found purpose in our life. This gate is about reflecting, not looking into the future yet. Around January 5th, we move into gate 54 the gate of ambition, and the energy of this gate is about slowly beginning to look forward. Who can I trust? Who are my best allies? Around January 10th, we move into the gate 61, the gate of mystery, which carries an energy of looking back to see whether purpose and spirit have been fulfilled before we move into the gate 60, the gate of acceptance on January 16th. So that's the gate that we're in right now. The 60th gate is all about letting go of what didn't work before we welcome in the 41st gate, the gate of imagination on January 22nd, which carries the energy of dreaming, manifesting, and creativity. Karen Curry Parker described the days between December 31st and January 22nd as a runway leading up to newness. And we kind of touched on that in the last episode um, because we were kind of at the beginning of that runway. And now we're coming down, we're ready to take off and move into this 41st gate. Um, 
And so, you know, just listening to the evolution of like gate 38, gate 54, 61, 60, and then bringing in like, you know, walking into gate 41, it's really, it was really obvious to me that like, it's no wonder that people fall short within the first few weeks of the new year of their goals, or they just um, lose sight of things when actually like the, the solar transit through the gates is really supportive of like reflecting um, really just like looking at what has worked, what hasn't worked, what we want to call in um, and just, you know, not necessarily like taking action yet, but just really spending some time, like letting go and just being in this time of, of reflection as opposed to action. So. Yes. It's all about just being like the observer and the witness. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And with that reflection, comes deep inner wisdom yes and yeah just with our wintering as well like really just slowing down and tuning in with what has what is happening in your life in your world and cutting those ties of letting go and before we got onto the podcast I had read Tasha's blog and she has a beautiful way of expressing her thoughts and explaining things as well in a very point um, form way, similar to Karen Curry Parker, I'd say. Um, And that one line gate uh, 60 is all about letting go. And it was a huge aha moment for me just before we started podcasting. Um, So I'm very I'm just so grateful for human design right now. It's, I feel like we tend to ruminate, like have rumification when it comes to our thoughts. We ruminate on things, on old patterns. And the Georgian calendar is very, like society has created this like unwritten policy almost. Like we need to set new goals. Everything starts now. And really this time is about honoring the past year, honoring life, honoring the rhythms of the season, how and how you can move forward by letting go. Like what excess baggage can I let go of that does not serve me and just weighs me down? And a lot of that is our thoughts. A lot of that excess baggage is in our mind. And when we can practice those restorative activities that really do help us connect our brain, mind, body, soul, um, you know, that's when we embody what we're going through. And ultimately, that embodiment helps us live more in alignment. It wakes us up. It gets us in tune with our inner wisdom. So this really is... (laughs) As hard as this week is in January, I know this week is like Monday was Blue Monday, which is said to be one of the hardest days of the year for many people. Um, And I think it's because we apply so much pressure on ourselves. And by week three, we're already burned out. We were already burned out going into December. 
the holidays just added more stress. And we think when the calendar turns onto the the new year that we have to go, 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 you know, you know, now's the time to change, release, let go and human design with the gates, with gate, gate 60 right now really does give that, give us a chance to um, tune in and just let go. And that looks different for all of us. Maybe it's exercise, maybe it's writing uh, and journaling. Maybe it's yoga, maybe it's dance, just Find what feels good for you right now. And, and, you know, for me, I like to write things down. Perhaps I'll have a fire with it and burn it and just really let go. It's I've cut those ties. Um, I know Tasha does beautiful, like Reiki and bliss embodiment combos. You can contact her if, if you're struggling with letting go as well. But um, I guess what I'm getting at is just be soft with yourself right now. It's okay. If you, have not, you've already failed on the goals you've set. Um, because what human design is, is showing us right now is that we, we need to let go of those societal forms of setting these massive goals that really sometimes maybe they're attainable if you're very disciplined, but, um, moving into gate 41, like when I think of the new ideas that we're bringing in, it's also important to look at like the systems that you can create to achieve those goals and ideas. So, yeah, that's my thought for that wonderful blog that you wrote. I'm so grateful for your writing. Thank you. Um, The one thing that I was thinking about when you were speaking was just that if you are someone who, who set some major goals on December 31st, I feel like, and if you're feeling like you've fallen short of some of them, or maybe, maybe you put some things on there that are like really unrealistic, or you put things on your, your list of goals because you feel like that's what society expects of you. I think this podcast episode is here to encourage you that number one, you can have a fresh start if you're, you know, following um, the solar transit and everything that we've been explaining, this is the time to like, let go of what's not working and kind of reassess and dream and imagine what it is that you really do want. So like, I feel like this is, um, like a fresh start or a redo or whatever you may want to refer to it as, but like another opportunity to like really reassess. And like Alicia said, be soft with yourself in the sense that, if you didn't um, follow through with some of the things that you were hoping for, use the energy that we have now that is so much more supportive of, you know, calling in newness and dreaming and imagining and manifesting and see how it feels now being, you know, into January, as opposed to, you know, when you maybe set some of those goals on December 31st, when we were in the gate of struggle. So it's just, um, it's another opportunity to kind of play around with that energy. I feel like the transits are like this way for us to break up with the conditioning. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it also 
they, they share wisdom and insight on how we have been conditioned and really, you know, what you just said, reflecting upon whatever you're experiencing and coming from a lens of, have I been conditioned to think, feel, act this way? Mostly it would be yes. And so again, this is where mindfulness is so beautiful because it does give us a chance to check in with our bias and, you know, what we've been conditioned to believe and think and do. And so these, these transits do influence, influence us. Um, and we really don't need to do, ultimately, do we need to do anything or just be the observer? No. Just yeah. be the observer. Um, I think that Karen Curry Parker explains that too, in like following the transits, I think it was her, or I've definitely read it somewhere where it's like, you don't even really need to do anything. Like just be aware of it. Be the observer, be aware of the energy that is around us right now and observe how that is affecting you in areas of your life. Mm. Doesn't mean that you have to act upon anything. And I think that's why I was resonating so much with the human design perspective on the new year is that like, I was just struggling to like, think about like, what goals do I want? It's so much pressure. It's so much pressure to like get clear and refine. And like, sometimes I just want to like live and be, and, you know, and we talked on our last episode so much about like setting intentions daily and, and being in alignment and embodiment every single day. And, you know, that's about being present and in this moment, not thinking too far ahead into the future. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that like dreaming and, um, you know, like coming up with really exciting things for you is not a value because it is when it feels right for you. Yeah. But the pressure to like, you know, solidify some like major goals and get really clear on like, how you're going to achieve them and stuff. Sometimes it just, it feels like a lot of work and a lot of pressure and it just doesn't, it doesn't feel aligned in the moment. And that's, you know, that has been my experience the past little while. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very logical way of being right. Um, and so just remember those ABCs of mindfulness, really, like really this experiment is incorporating daily forms of like active mindfulness throughout your day and just taking a little moment, um, when we tend to be on autopilot and just noticing, Oh, how am I feeling right now? Accept what's happening, breathe through it, have compassion, Um, and, and just creating that space of quiet in our brains and our bodies, um, really just gives us insights and wisdom and ultimately serves us a beautiful purpose to living to our highest potential and Mm -hmm. creating and manifesting, um, everything we fantasize about, which brings us into gate. 41. Yay. So Alicia had mentioned, I believe at the beginning of the podcast that each gate has a gift or highest expression and a shadow. Mm -hmm. So the gift or the highest expression of gate 41 
And if you try and research this yourself, A, we encourage you to do that. Absolutely. Like we are not experts. We're learning in public, like Alicia has said multiple times, and we're gathering information from a multitude of sources. So if you go research in gate 41, you may find that it is called many different things, which is exactly what we are discovering. But the um, interpretation and what felt most resonant to us is that gate 41 is called the gate of imagination and that the shadow side of gate 41 is fantasy. So gate 41 is an initiating energy that brings in new ideas or experiences to form. It's about dreaming and manifesting. And that is like, it makes so much sense that as the sun moves into gate 41, that that becomes the energy of the new year, because it is all about bringing in newness. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. It's a definitely a time for like dreaming up new ideas. Right. Um, Remember we're not setting goals. We're just looking at our own little systems. So think of maybe perhaps habits that you want to create adaptive habits that you want to bring into your life. Mm. Um, Basically all these habits are like forming together the systems that will help you achieve your new goals really. Um, And And this energy of gate 41 really does help us bring these new ideas to form. And that will come, that that also comes with just being mindful of your energy state and especially your nervous system, because the shadow side is that fantasy. Um, And I myself have connected that shadow side. So when I think of shadow side, I think that when I'm in the shadow side of a gate, my nervous system isn't online. So I may be in that fight, flight, freeze response. And if you're a generator, you may have a lot of ideas happening or a man gen or a manifester, um, even projector. But I, I, I have two gates that um, are closely linked to like ADD tendencies. So my mind really is constantly like, idea, 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 but I have to be also very mindful because, and we all have to be mindful depending on our open head and our open Ajna. Um, when we're moving through this gate of 41 is, is this idea or thought mine? Um, and, and that's where for each type, looking at your authority, looking or following your authority, following your strategy to really decipher is this idea mine. So when we come back to the shadow side of gate 41 being fantasy, I know myself, I've been in a state where I'm in a stressful state perhaps. And um, fantasy can also look like a flight response. I think where we get so caught up in our fantasy that we are living in the future and not in the present moment. And it's, this is why we have to pay attention to our thoughts and our patterns and come back to the present moment all the time. If you can stay in the present moment, stay on your path. <laughs> it's okay to dream and think ahead. Of course, that, like, that's how we think of ideas. How think about 
habits you want to embody? How do you want to feel? Like, what do you want to bring into your life? But just don't get so caught up in the fantasizing state that you miss the present moment and the systems um, that will get you there, how you will manifest your ideas. Okay, so Karen Curry Parker says that the Gate 41 brings us the task of learning to use our creative imagination to generate ideas about new abundant opportunities in the world, to sustain these abundant visions, share them when necessary, and to use the power of our imagination to break old patterns and limiting beliefs so that we can hold the vision of a miracle that transcends expectations. And I feel like Alicia has already just said that really well, um, breaking, you know, kind of viewing your own systems and what needs to shift and change to like bring what it is that you desire into form. Gate 41 is one of the gates in the chart that reminds us of the power of dreaming. You can't build something new. Okay. Sorry. You can't build something new. You can't evolve without a dream a goal, an energetic template that guides your actions. You need a dream to help you sort through all of the opportunities that the world is showing you. Without a dream, you lose focus and merely bob along, flowing whichever way catches your attention in the moment. Yeah, beautiful. So we have some journal prompts, and some affirmations that go along with gate 41 um, to kind of assist you as you do some reflecting upon this energy and uh, welcome in the new year in accordance to human design. So um, you go ahead, Alicia, I'll (laughs) let you read this part. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had a chance to reflect on some of these journal prompts. So thank you, Tasha, for um, compiling these. So, uh, the first one is, are there circumstances in your life that you need to release in order to create what you truly intend? So this is really all about gate 60 right now. What do you need to let go of, um, to make space for, for new ideas, new forms? Um, the second one is what distracts you from believing you can have what you intend? What can you do to stay true to your vision? What do you need to do to anchor your intentions? And we will put these in the show notes for you to go back and reflect on. And we also have some affirmations if you would like to share those. Sure. Okay. So the affirmations are I am grateful for the signs that I am creating exactly what I intend. When I am inspired, I have the ability to hold on to the vision of what I intend in a steadfast and focused way. My ability to hold my intention is my greatest creative blessing. I was really feeling into those. Yes, I love that last one. That. Me too. Hmm, that hits me good. And <laughs> it's me in the right spot. Edit. In the heart. Right in the heart. That hits me in the heart. <laughs> Alicia and I are tired. A little tired. And <laughs> we're recording on Zoom instead of our usual setup because 
it's COVID. winter and COVID <laughs> and yeah. we're just being cautious. So yes, excuse our laughter and maybe not perfect sound quality and what have you. We could not even imagine not recording this episode because it would, you know, we knew that our setup wasn't going to be the same as what it has been the last couple episodes. We knew that we needed to just do this anyways and get it out there. And uh, yeah, so this is a really be soft cool, on us. Yeah, be soft. <laughs> this is a really cool self-reg moment, right? I, you think of the stressors that are happening right now. Um, and this is why we have to reframe behavior. So I'm, I'm here. I'm being hard on myself because my words just are not flowing right now, but I'm tired. That's a huge biological stressor. I'm not running on, on a lot of sleep. Um, and that's just one of the many things we, we can think of stress across five domains, right? Biological, social, pro-social, emotional, and cognitive. Even this recording on Zoom, the editing involved, the cognitive stress this brings because it's a new editing process now. <laughs> We're using different software because mm-hmm. we are on Zoom. And and that's okay. We have to have soft eyes for ourselves. We have to reframe behaviors for seeing in others. And this is what the world needs right now. We need more non-judgment. We need more compassion. We need more empathy. And ultimately this comes with loving yourself first and doing the individual work. Human design, self-regulation, mindfulness all give us these and, and many others, yoga, you know, we're all different. We all experience stress in different ways. And it's so important for us to stay soft. So you're going to listen to this episode and perhaps you may notice some judging thoughts come up. That's okay. If they do Mm -hmm. just have those soft eyes and reframe whatever you're thinking, because we're just showing up here real and authentic and in learning in real time. And we want to share this with you because we are both deeply passionate with um, being a conduit in other people's journeys of, of healing and self-love. So this is what lights us up. And when you find something that lights you up, of course you want to share it with others and we can go even deeper into this with each of our human design um, body graphs and our purpose and our incarnation crosses. Um, but here we are. So I hope you take yeah. time to, we hope you take time to um, journal um, on these prompts in the next week and just try playing around with those affirmations as well. You know, affirmations are a really energetic and physical way for us to change our thought patterns um, and, and kind of shift into more of a intentional and mindful way of, of living. That's good. Okay. So thank you everyone so much for listening today and being soft on us. Um, we're so grateful that you are here. If you liked the podcast, um, subscribe to our podcast channel, um, to be notified about future episodes. 
If you feel called to, then um, you can rate us on iTunes, I believe, um, and follow us on Instagram at aligned.embodied. And if you have any questions whatsoever, um, do not hesitate to send us a DM and we will do our best to answer those. So thank you so much for listening to the Aligned and Embodied podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye.